Hello there, and welcome to Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. How are you today? I've decided I'm going to start asking how you are as a listener. Obviously, you can't reply, so I'll just tell you how I'm doing. And I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, carrying on. Although one minor gripe this week, which is currently affecting my podcasting ability somewhat, is that I've got a bit of a pain in the finger, resulting from having broken up a fight between two of my gerbils, one of whom went on to bite me on the finger quite badly a couple of times, actually. Little Rascal really got me good. And as a result, I'm a little bit slow on the keyboard. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you're alright. Thanks for downloading the podcast. Today I'm going to be reading Chapter 9 of Undercover Stripper by the author UK underscore writer underscore 53. If you're not up to date, i.e. you haven't listened to Chapters 1 through 8, then I strongly suggest you go back and listen to those first or you'll completely ruin the story for yourself. For those of you who are up to date, here's a quick off-the-cuff recap of what happened in the last chapter. There wasn't a huge amount in terms of the investigation. In fact, there was nothing really about the investigation. It was all really about the neighbour, Rob Greenwood, the hunky 60-year-old who lives across the hall from Tom and Jess. And for whatever reason, he decided to show up to Sin City Strip Club during a time when Jess was stripping. And (laughs) he enjoyed her striptease so much, he decided to get a lap dance, which became very intimate. And he actually came all in his pants (laughs) because Jess was rubbing herself on his crotch. Then, when Tom and Jess got home, they'd enjoyed the encounter with their neighbour so much that they invited him over for a quick beer and a glass of wine, and then convinced him to sleep with Jess while Tom watched, and he ended up spending the night in bed with Jess while Tom was renegated to the couch once more, and then obviously in the morning there was a little bit more sex, and everyone involved had a really good time. That's that's really all that happened. It was almost a chapter that you could take on its own as like a mini story within a story. And so I'm expecting this time to have a lot more advancement in terms of the investigation. And I'm expecting us to follow Jess as she goes over to Frank's house to start her new side side hustle. Remember, she's a journalist who's also a stripper who's now also going to be a prostitute. And hopefully she'll be able to uncover some important details while she's there. Obviously, as you well know by this point, if you're a long-time listener to the podcast, I don't read the stories ahead of time. That's part of the fun of it for me. I want to be surprised by the story as I'm reading it, with no spoilers. So it's almost like you and I are experiencing it for the first time together. What I can tell you about this chapter, though, is that it is 9.5 thousand words long. It's got a rating of 4.83 stars. It's had 9.6 thousand views, 17 likes, and there are only four comments this week. And I wonder if there'll be shorter comments or big long ones like we had last time. Before I get going, I'm going to mention again the Patreon page, which is in the description. There's a link there. Your contribution of just £5 can help to pay for things like the equipment that I use. It can help to justify the time that I spend putting together a weekly episode. So if you enjoy this podcast and you can afford to contribute, I'd really appreciate your subscription. I'll be back at the end with a little bit of analysis of this chapter and I'll go through the comments as well. Until then, please enjoy Chapter 9 of Undercover Stripper. Reveal all except the truth Undercover Stripper Take off your clothes and move your body to distract the eye Nobody Yeah.
Tom stood in the bedroom doorway, watching dejectedly as Jessica rolled the black stockings up her long legs and fastened them to the clasps on her suspender belt. Are you really sure about this? he asked, with a sense of uneasiness. You're actually going to become a prostitute if you do this for him. His wife looked up at him as she stepped into the tight little blue cocktail dress she'd chosen to wear. We don't have much choice, do we? We need to find out where he keeps his books, or something else that will incriminate him properly. Now, zip me up please, baby. Drawing the zipper up, he had to admire the outfit she'd chosen. The dress was only just decent, strapless and tight. It only covered her down to the mid-thigh, barely concealing her stocking tops. Undoubtedly, she would have to be careful when she sat down. Do I look okay? Jess wanted to know, as she slipped on her black three-inch stilettos. You look fabulous, her husband responded glumly. It was Friday night, and they were heading to Frank Harwood's house, where Jessica was supposed to entertain one of his VIP guests at a small, intimate party. The intervening few days between their night with Rob and now had been uneventful. Jessica had done two shifts at the club, Wednesday night and Friday afternoon, both without incident, and the two had barely spoken about the subject of Rob, with so many other things on their minds. He felt sure that Jess was contemplating some sort of longer-term arrangement with their neighbour once their investigation was over, either with him in their bed or her in his. But as yet, she hadn't divulged anything to him. Are you coming, or do I have to drive myself? Jessica's voice startled him. What? No. Now I'm ready, he said, picking up his keys and heading for the door. Tom, Jess called after him. He stopped and turned back towards her, only to find her slipping her arms around his neck. I love you, Tom. Remember, it's just sex. Tonight is just any other step towards bringing Frank Harwood down. He pulled his wife closer, enveloping her in his grasp. I love you too, and yeah, I know it is, but after everything else... Don't you want your wife to become a prostitute? Jessica giggled and fluttered her eyelashes at him. Tom grinned. Well, yes. The idea really turns me on, but maybe it's going too far. Come on, we should go. We don't want to be late. Jess didn't answer and extricated herself from her husband's arms before picking up her clutch bag. The drive to Frank's large detached house took them only around 40 minutes and they arrived on his driveway just before half past eight, well ahead of the nine o'clock time they'd been told. They'd barely entered the front door before Frank was there, quickly whisking Jessica away from her husband. Putting her arm through his, he led her into the party, leaving Tom to follow, miserably, a few steps behind. It was obvious to Jess from the looks that she got that most of the men there knew she was one of Frank's whores and potentially available to them at some time in the future. However, he didn't bother to introduce her to anyone else and just made a beeline for a large black male at the other side of the room. Byron, meet Jessica. This is the young lady I was telling you about, he said, guiding Jessica towards the other man. Jessica, this is Byron Williams. The black man took her hand, but let his eyes roam lasciviously up and down her body as a wicked smile crossed his lips. She's even more lovely than you said, Byron told the gang boss with a smirk. She certainly is. I'll leave you two to, ah, uh, to get acquainted. Frank grinned and moved back to Tom. Fucking hell, I almost kept her for myself tonight. She looks a million dollars. He leered over at her as he said it to him. Yeah, she does, Tom agreed sullenly, still watching his wife interacting with her customer. Get used to it. You'll be driving her to all of her client bookings after this weekend. She's going to be a very, very popular girl, he sneered at Tom derisively. But make sure she's here for seven o'clock on Sunday night. I want to have her again first, he added after a moment. I intend to be fucking her a lot as well. Seething, Tom kept his temper under control. There was nothing he could do for the moment but accept Frank's orders. For the next half an hour or so, he stood around looking unhappy as he watched his wife with her client, chatting and laughing while they got to know each other. 
Byron's large black hand frequently wandered from her waist down to her arse to gently grope her. However, Tom did manage to get a moment with her when she excused herself to go to the bathroom and he discreetly followed her out of the main room. So, what's the plan? he asked as soon as they were out of earshot. Do you know who he is? Jessica responded with a question of her own. Tom shook his head. No idea. Sorry. He's standing for Parliament. He's probably going to be our next MP and I guess Frank wants him in his pocket, she informed her husband knowingly. Blackmail then? It was her turn to nod. I've got to get him into the master bedroom, which won't be difficult. He can't keep his hands off me. She shivered, partly from lust and partly from disgust, as she thought about his thick, dark fingers on her body before continuing. My guess is that Frank intends to record him having sex with me somehow, to use as leverage later. So all I have to do is find out how and where he's taping you, Tom said, frowning, knowing it wasn't going to be easy. I'd better get back. He's already getting impatient to get me upstairs. She kissed her husband lightly on the lips. Remember, you're the man I love. With that, she turned on her heel and made her way back to the party. Sorry, there was a bit of a cue, Jess smiled at her client, letting him slip his arm around her again. When Tom returned to the party a couple of minutes later, his wife was standing with Byron, his arm encircling her waist with his large black hand resting on her ass as they talked. Frank came across to him, smirking. You're a voyeur. You'll enjoy this, Tom. Follow me. He glanced back at Jessica as he walked after Frank, but Byron was already leading her away, guiding her towards the stairs. Taking him into his office, Frank locked the door before going to the wall behind his desk, and then, pressing a hidden switch, he opened a panel to reveal a large television screen. Just watch, he said, operating a couple of buttons on his desk as the screen sprang into life to show four images of a luxurious bedroom, all taken from different angles. State-of-the-art video recording equipment. He grinned at Tom as he opened another secret panel, this one with a safe behind it. Tom couldn't see the code that Frank used to open it, but what he did see were a number of ledgers and a small quantity of computer disks stored in there. Selecting an unused one from the pile, the gang's boss unwrapped it and inserted it into the machine before turning his attention back to the screen on the wall. Just at that moment, the door to the bedroom opened, and Tom watched as Byron Williams walked in with Jessica following behind, holding onto his hand. Glancing apprehensively around her, Jess realised they were in the master bedroom, and dropping his hand, she stood still, turning to face her first ever client, waiting patiently as he closed the door. Byron stepped towards her, and she let him pull her body to his, her arms encircling his neck as he lowered his mouth onto hers in a deep, lingering kiss. Offering no resistance, she permitted his large hand to slide up between them, caressing her body as it went, to fondle her breast through the material of her dress, his sausage-like dark fingers digging into her small mounds, crudely mauling them as he mashed his thick lips into hers. Maybe I should... take it off? Jess murmured coyly, disentangling herself and moving away from him. Perhaps you would do the honours, and unzip me? Byron grinned as she turned her back, drawing her zip all the way down and allowing her dress to peel apart along her spine while she held it coquettishly across her chest. In the other room, Tom stared at the screen, watching intently as his wife let the garment fall to the floor. Exposing her breasts, she paused to scoop it up and deposited the garment across a chair before slipping it back into her client's arms. There, isn't that better? She purred sexily, tilting her head upwards and lifting her mouth up to his. He leant in to kiss her again, his hand cupping her bare tit, so his fingers could start to tease her firm nipples into lust-hardened peaks. Oh shit, Jessica trembled, mumbling, her arms back around his neck as she pressed her body tight against his, responding to his touch. She had gone into the room intent on playing her role as Frank's whore and faking her response, but as always, her body was starting to betray her. Standing next to Tom, Frank was an equally avid spectator, 
his hand rubbing the bulge at the front of his pants while his eyes stayed glued to the screen. Jesus Christ, she is something else, he whispered to himself, echoing Tom's own erotic thoughts. Oh, fuck, yes, that feels so good, ah. Oh. Jessica closed her eyes and threw her head back, whimpering softly as her long blonde hair fell around her shoulders when Byron lowered his mouth to her breasts. Taking each nipple between his lips to suckle greedily on them, he made her squirm and sigh with delight. As he took her breasts into his mouth, Byron's hand slipped down her body until it was beneath Jessica's stockinged thighs, letting his dark fingers trace along her slit through the gusset of her panties while she clung onto him, her head resting on his shoulder. Hooking her knickers to the side, he forced a single digit up into Jessica's cunt, opening her puffy nether lips around it as he started to finger her roughly, forcing himself knuckle-deep inside her. Ah, oh, she shuddered and dug her painted nails into his shoulders, her legs parting to give him easier access to her soaked vagina. The wet squelch of her pussy filled the bedroom as Byron Williams crudely finger-fucked her, driving her rapidly towards an unwanted and speedy climax. That's it! Come for me, baby! Come for me! He told her, adding a second finger and working them both in and out of her dripping quim, her labia clinging limpet-like to them. She didn't disappoint him, her knees buckling so that only his arm around her waist was keeping her upright, as the dark, meaty fingers brought her to her first orgasm of the evening. Oh fuck! Oh shit! I'm... ah! I'm coming! Her voice quivered as she went over the edge, and her climax plundered her body. Waiting until the final ripples of her orgasm had faded, he eased his sticky fingers from her pussy, and then, with a sneer, Byron offered them to Jess, and as she looked into his eyes, she slowly and sensuously licked them clean, tasting her own cum as she did. That's a good girl, he smirked, as she dropped to her knees in front of him, her fingers automatically tugging at his zip to unfasten his pants. She would have done it anyway, as part of the role she was playing, but somewhere along the way, she found herself wanting to do it, wanting to have his cock in her hands, and more. Easing his trousers down to his knees, Jess hooked her fingers into the waistband of his underwear and pulled them down so that his cock sprung free. Oh. My. God. She couldn't help but gasp at the nine inches of hard black manhood that sprung free and almost hit her in the face. It's fucking huge. Jessica stared at the massive ebony rod that she was expected to satisfy, wondering how it was ever going to fit inside her slender frame. She had thought that Frank Harwood was large, but Byron's big black dick had him beat on length and thickness. It is, baby, and it's all for you. He leered down at her. Now, get your mouth around it. Grasping the hard shaft, Jess could only get her fingers to reach three quarters of the way round its thick girth as she looked up at her client, licking her lips in anticipation. Slowly, she began to stroke him, using both of her small pale hands to caress his dark meat while he groaned softly, clearly enjoying her attention. He's got a thing for white pussy and blondes, Frank chortled next to Tom, his eyes never leaving the flickering images on the screen as he toyed with the camera controls, taking one into a close-up. Oh, mm, glog. Closing her mouth around the tip of Byron's black meat, her jaws stretched obscenely, Jessica gagged as she struggled to take in more than a few hard inches. Thick, dark fingers wrapped themselves in her hair, and for the next few minutes, she sucked greedily on the massive cock her head bobbing while strands of long blonde hair fell across her face and around her shoulders. Byron let her pleasure him with her mouth, leering down at her and guiding her movements with his hand, until a few minutes later, ready for more, he pulled her lips away from him. His thick ebony shaft was now glistening with a coating of spit as he yanked Jess roughly to her feet, and without giving her a chance to protest, turned her around and bent her over the bed. Oh, what? 
braced on her arms, with her hands on the bed cover, she looked back over her shoulder, breathing faster as he dragged her panties down over her slender legs so that they pooled around her feet. Now, spread them open, the black man ordered her brusquely. Stepping out of her knickers, Jessica quickly obeyed, moving her feet apart, her long legs accentuated by the three-inch stiletto heels she was wearing. Her heart was thumping now, and she could feel the moisture forming at the top of her legs, oozing down her inner thighs and making them sticky. Oh God, I really am a total slut, she thought, unable to get the thought out of her mind as she put her head down and raised her ass so that her dripping pink slit was peeking out at the top of her stocking-clad thighs. Oh God, please, fuck me. Jess groaned, wiggling her hips encouragingly as the engorged head of his organ pressed against her tight entrance. Please, I want... Ah! Her sentence was cut short by a squeal of delight as Byron drove most of his cock into her, forcing her to go up onto her toes as she was stretched wider than she'd ever been. Without waiting, he pulled back and thrust again, this time burying his entire length in her. Oh, fuck! Fuck! Her shriek was so loud, she was sure it must have been heard downstairs in the party as he filled her cunt, reaching places never touched before. Gripping her hips, Byron quickly settled into a steady rhythm and began to fuck her, drawing most of his glistening length out before sliding it all the way back in, her pink labia clinging to his ebony spear, caressing it as it pistoned in and out of her pussy. Oh shit. Yes. Yes. Fuck me. Just fuck me. Jess's fingers clutched the bed covers as his steady strokes drove her towards another orgasm. Controlling the cameras, Frank's attention flicked between the different angles shown on the large screen, from a close-up of Byron's cock plunging into Jessica's pussy, to the side-on angle, showing her going onto her toes with every stroke, and then the front view, picturing a woman in the height of sexual ecstasy. However, in most of the shots, he ensured Byron's face was clearly identifiable. The loud slap of flesh on flesh filled the room as the soon-to-be MP fucked her, every stroke into her willing body stoking the flames of ecstasy that were filling her core. Do it, whore! Come! Come for me! With that, Jessica went over the edge, squealing with the intense delight as another orgasm took her. Oh God! Oh God! I'm... I'm... Coming! Coming hard, the muscles in her legs taut, her body tensed when she jerked violently, bouncing Jess on her toes as wave after wave of pleasure overwhelmed her. Letting her come down from her high, Byron waited, gently easing his shaft in and out of her oozing hole until she'd finished. Then, pulling his dick out of her, he rolled her onto the bed so she lay back with her stockinged legs spread wide, her chest heaving breathlessly. Tell me, what do you want from me? The large black man loomed over her, his cock streaked with her cream, threatening to spear her again. Fuck me. I want you to fuck me and come inside me, she whispered, holding her arms out to him, knowing that she wasn't role-playing. It really was what she wanted. Byron smirked and lowered his body onto hers, his iron-hard black cock impaling her cunt once again. Fuck! Yes! Fuck me! Jessica screamed out loud, her knees drawing back as his massive ebony shaft was driven into her. Sliding his hand up under her ass, Byron began to hammer his length up Jess's dripping slit, pulling her up onto him with her outer lips folding in and out as they clung onto his prick. Her fingers twisted in the bedclothes and her head thrashed side to side, her long blonde hair plastered to her face as she writhed and whimpered under the brutal fucking she was receiving. Oh fuck, yes, oh god, oh shit, fuck, fuck, oh yes, yes, she babbled almost incoherently, her body bucking and jerking uncontrollably in response to the frenzied pounding that Byron Williams was giving her. Ooh, ah, um, ah, yes. Above her he grunted loudly, 
his thrusts losing rhythm, his muscular buttocks clenching tight when he started to shoot his thick seed into Jessica's belly. Oh god, yes, yes, I'm coming. Her third, and by far the biggest climax of the night engulfed her, her body convulsing wildly under his. Tom watched every moment on the screen, his own cock harder than he'd ever known as it tented out the front of his pants. Jesus fucking Christ, that woman of yours really knows how to fuck, Frank stated bluntly, standing transfixed. Like Tom, his eyes were glued to the images on the screen. Eventually, Byron rolled off her, leaving her almost comatose laying on the bed, her stockinged legs spread wide as a huge glob of spermy cream oozed out of her gaping hole and ran down the crack of her ass. You'd better go and get her dressed and take her home. I'd love to do her myself, but she's fit for fuck all now, Frank instructed Tom. Sure, he said, turning to go, watching as Frank took his latest recording from the machine and locked it in his secret safe. Jessica was still laying on the bed when he got to the bedroom, her eyes closed and her breathing regular, although there seemed to be MP, had since gone. Are you all right, baby? he asked, somewhat concerned, as she had barely moved. Mm, I'm fabulous, she murmured dreamily. That was absolutely out of this world. Gathering up her clothes, he threw them angrily onto the bed. Shall we go home, or are you staying here for more? Sensing that something was amiss, she sat up. Are you all right, honey? Yeah, just fucking great, considering I just watched my wife get the fucking of her life, and knowing that I'm probably surplus to her requirements now. His emotions boiled over as he spoke. Jessica looked at him wide-eyed for a moment, and then jumped up off the bed. No, never. That's so not true. I love you. I've loved you since the moment I met you. She flung her naked body against him, wrapping her arms around his neck as she began to cry. Please, Tom, please. I wish we'd never started this. He held her, letting her cry into his shoulder. I'm sorry. It was just seeing you like that, coming so hard with him. Jess sniffed and looked up at him. You, you saw us? She asked. He nodded. Yeah, Frank has the room rigged with cameras and microphones. He recorded it all. Wiping away her tears, she bit her lip. And you saw where he keeps the recordings? Uh-huh. And his ledgers. Tom grinned. I think we've got him. Oh, Tom. She flung her arms around his neck and kissed her husband passionately. Let's go home. I want you to make love to me. Jessica dressed as quickly as she could, which wasn't very fast at all. And then they slipped discreetly out of the party without anyone seeing them. You know, Frank wants you again this Sunday. For the old night, Tom informed her when they were about halfway home. She thought about it for a moment. When do you think you'll raid his house? She asked. If I talk to George tomorrow, they'll hit his house and the businesses first thing Monday morning, I expect. He gave her his best guess. Waiting just gives him a chance to discover we're onto him. Then maybe I should be in his bed on Sunday night. It's the perfect distraction. And besides, if I'm not there, he could get suspicious. Tom groaned. The thought of his wife spending the night with Frank Harwood filled him with despair. But he knew she was right. They had to maintain their cover and not make him suspicious. It was shortly before midnight when they stepped through the front door of their flat and his wife pulled him straight towards the bedroom. It's okay, Jess. You don't have to, he stopped her, his insecurities getting the better of him after witnessing her with Byron Williams. You're right, I don't have to, but I do want to. So, shut up and get in the bedroom, she giggled and kissed him before dragging him through the apartment. Pushing him flat on the bed, she reached for his belt, tugging it open and unzipping his trousers as she knelt over him, her tight dress riding up around her thighs and displaying the tops of her stockings. Jess, he went to protest, before she cut him off mid-sentence. 
Fishing his hard cock out of his pants, she licked around the crown before lowering it into her mouth, her cheeks bulging as she took it deeper. Gurgling, she swallowed half her husband's length, her red lips sealing tight around it as she gazed up at him with her big blue eyes. Tom tipped his head back and moaned, pushing his hips up, urging her to swallow more, one hand on the back of her head, pressing her down onto him. Fuck it, baby. Don't do that for too long, or I'll come. His wife lifted her mouth off him, throwing her long hair back behind her right shoulder and kneeling astride his legs. Don't you dare. I need you to fuck me. With that, she peeled her dress off over her head and dropped it onto the floor before reaching for the buttons on his shirt. Between the two of them, they managed to get him out of his clothes, his shirt and trousers following her dress, before he reached for her panties and eased them down over her hips. Lifting one knee and then the other, Tom dragged them down her legs and untangled them from around her feet. With just her stockings on, Jessica moved up to straddle his hips, reaching for his cock and guiding the head to her cum-lubricated entrance. Oh God, yes, she groaned, her head lolling back as she sank down on him, impaling her slim body on his manhood. He could feel Byron's semen and her juices around his shaft as it pushed up into Jessica's cunt, her vagina seeming looser than normal after accommodating the black man's prodigious manhood earlier that evening. Sliding his hands up her body, he cupped her small, firm breasts, teasing her nipples as she rode him, her hips lifting and falling, working her juicy fuckhole onto his tumescent pole. Don't leave me, Jess. Please. I love you, Tom gasped as he thrust up into her body, his hips forcing her thighs wider apart. I won't ever. I... Oh my god. I'm... I'm coming. She shuddered to a complete stop her eyes wide open while her vaginal muscles contracted around his prick as she came. Somehow, Tom controlled himself and held back, letting his wife jerk to a halt above him before rolling her onto her back, her stocking-clad legs wrapping around him as she slowly started to stroke his length into her. I love you so fucking much, she said, looking up into his eyes before pulling his mouth down to hers. He knew he would come as soon as he started to thrust into her. Feeling her respond to him, her body writhing against his, he began to drive into her, fucking her even harder. Oh baby, oh fuck, I'm gonna come, he gasped only a couple of minutes later, the pressure building in his balls. Yes, come with me, oh god, I'm coming. Squealing her delight and pulling him against her, Jess convulsed with pleasure. Oh fuck, Jess! Feeling her climax, her pussy tightening around his cock, Tom let himself go and erupted into her, flooding her with another copious amount of man-cream. It wasn't until he'd pumped every last drop of his sperm into his wife's womb that he finally collapsed on top of her, his mouth finding hers in a long, lingering kiss. I love you, Tom Whitby, Jessica whispered as she snuggled in against him, completely satisfied as they lay in a tangle of arms for some time, kissing and caressing each other until Jessica eventually fell asleep. Holding his wife and listening to her slow, steady breathing, Tom lay for a long time, staring into the darkness and wondering if his marriage would survive. The following morning, Tom went into the police station for a meeting with his boss, DCI Freeman, to put forward his findings and to agree a plan to take down Frank Harwood. He was back with his wife by lunchtime. It's all set. We'll raid the house and his business premises first thing on Monday morning, he informed her of the schedule they decided on. Jess gave him a huge, beaming grin. Great, so all we have to do is not give anything away until then. Pretty much, yeah, her husband agreed. So, are you going to work your shift tonight? She thought about it for a moment. I think I should. We don't want to do anything that might tip him off now, do we? And what about Sunday night? 
are you going to his bed? He asked her gloomily, the mood immediately changing, as they both knew what her answer would be. She looked up at him sympathetically. I know you don't want me to, but I don't think I have a choice, unless we want to take a chance on him finding out what's going on. He didn't answer. Jess continued. I don't like him either, and given the option I'd rather be here with you. But you'll enjoy fucking him, won't ya? He stated, his tone cold and dispassionate. Yes, I will. At least the sex will be good, even if I load the man on top of me. You've got to allow me to get some pleasure out of it. Jess took hold of her husband's hand. Fine. Whatever. Tom pulled away from her and turned away, clearly unhappy. Somehow they managed to get through the afternoon, although there was a distinct atmosphere, doing a few household chores and having dinner early before setting out for the club. Jessica knew it would be her last shift as a stripper, if everything went to plan, and she was determined she was going to enjoy the evening, even though she was working. Once she was ready, they left for the club, rather than just sit around waiting, getting there early so she had plenty of time to undertake any last-minute preparations. From the moment she went on stage, in purple lingerie and black stockings, for her first dance, it was clear to Tom that his wife was going to put everything into her last appearance at the club. Jess held nothing back, taking a little longer every time she was tipped to show her breasts or spread her legs, making sure that each of her customers got to see every intimate detail of her body. Her private dances were also as erotic as she could make them, the men who purchased her time being allowed to run their hands freely over her tits as she sat, naked and squirming on their laps. It was nearly midnight and Jessica was wet and more aroused than she'd ever been from stripping. The night's events had turned her on like never before, exposing her body to the lust-filled eyes of the men watching her, allowing the men to freely grope and fondle her in the VIP suite. She needed cock and she was looking forward to finishing so that she could get home and ravish her husband. Sitting at the bar, wearing a red lacy underwear set, including fishnet stockings and heels, she was ready for her next set on stage when Tom walked up to her. It's Danny. He wants to see you in the office, he told her quietly. What? Why? She looked at him, a little puzzled by his instructions. Tom frowned at her. What do you think? Shit, you think he wants to fuck me, she blurted out without thinking. Ten out of ten. He gazed at his wife miserably. Are you gonna let him? Jess shrugged resignedly. Do I really have a choice? Unless we want them getting suspicious. Of course you have a fucking choice. Are you willing to take the risk that they get wary of what we're doing? He didn't answer. As unhappy as he was, he knew she was right. Having come this far, they simply couldn't risk the whole operation. Biting her lip, Jessica turned to walk away and go through the door marked private to make her way up to Danny's office. She should just say no and go home. She didn't need to let Danny fuck her. It wouldn't endanger their investigation. While part of her wanted to leave, to go back to their flat and make love to her husband, to finish her last night at the club the way he would want, another part was eagerly anticipating what was about to happen, wanting to feel another cock penetrate her and make her come. Give me a minute and then come upstairs. I'll leave the door open and you can watch from the hallway if you want, she said, turning back, her heart thudding against her ribs. With that final comment, she took a deep breath and disappeared through the hallway leading up to Danny's office. By the time Tom crept silently along the carpeted landing to peer through the half-open door, Jessica was already on her knees, her bra discarded on the floor beside her. One hand was wrapped around the base of the club manager's thick cock, while her lips slid back and forth on the first hard inches. The muffled sucking sounds she was making were loud enough for him to hear in the hallway as he watched transfixed. Mom. 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 Strands of blonde hair fell across her face as Jess worked her red lips back and forth along the swollen dick in her mouth, covering Danny's manhood with her spit as she slurped on it hungrily. 
Fucking hell, you certainly know how to suck cork, Danny Brooks gasped, his fingers gripping her hair tightly. Jessica didn't respond, her mouth was too full of his hard meat to do more than mumble and splutter. Gog, gog, gog. Her head bobbed steadily as she worked her red lips back and forth along his erection, her left hand gripping his length, wedding ring glinting in the lights as she fed his shaft into her mouth while her right cupped his heavy balls. Glock, glock, glock. The muted sounds of her sucking filled the office and filtered out into the hallway for Tom to hear, making him even harder than he had been. Letting his cock slip out of her mouth, Jess stood up and hooking her fingers into her panties, she slid them down to the floor. With the briefest glances towards the half-open door, she stepped out of them and bent over the desk, looking back at the strip club manager standing behind her. You can fuck me, if you want to, she instructed him, moving her feet wide apart and raising her ass up to give him complete access to her sex. Danny grinned and stepped behind her, running his cockhead along her slit and between her moist folds. Mmm, yeah, put it in me, Jessica whispered, turning her head to look at the partially open doorway and beyond where she knew her husband was standing. Readying herself, she leant on her forearms, her blonde mane falling across her face as she lowered her head and pushed her ass up a fraction higher. Oh fuck, yes. Biting her lip, she emitted a low groan as Danny pulled his cock away and pushed first one and then a second finger into her slick, wet pussy. Fucking hell, Sapphire. You're fucking soaked, he gasped from behind her, his digits buried knuckle-deep as he wormed them around inside Jessica's vagina. She giggled and wiggled her ass invitingly. That feels nice, but I want your cock in me, Jess demanded, looking back at him. The fingers slipped out and he shuffled closer to her. Oh, fuck. Yes, she moaned out loud, her eyes tight shut as Danny drove his cock straight up into her cunt in a single hard stroke, forcing her up onto her toes. Grasping her hips, he started to fuck her, slowly and easily, his hard shaft sliding effortlessly between her puffy labia and deep into her juicy wet slit. Every thrust drove her up onto her toes and further across the desk, making her groan with pleasure as she took every solid inch of his throbbing length. Jesus Christ, yes, oh yes, fuck me. Fuck me! Jessica squealed and writhed, familiar sensations already building in her core. Danny's hands slid around her so he could grope her breasts, pinching her nipples as they jiggled and bounced with the force of his thrusts. Ah, oh, oh fuck, Sapphire. Oh, oh shit. Ah! Grunting, he vigorously slammed his shaft into Jessica's dripping pussy, his hip slapping loudly against her bottom. The more he pinched and pulled on her sensitive nipples, the more she jerked back onto his throbbing pole, her cunt muscles clenching around its girth, trying to hold it in her. Oh shit! Oh shit! Shit! Don't stop! I'm gonna... Her fingers tightened on the edge of the desktop, knuckles widening as the rapturous sensations he was stimulating bubbled over inside her. Hearing her moans, Danny began to frantically piston his length into her, urgently seeking his own release, hitting Jess's rear with a resounding slap on every stroke of his rock-hard prick into her fuckhole. Oh fuck, yes, he grunted, sheathing his dick deep into her one last time. I'm gonna... come. Jess screeched as she came violently, her body spasming uncontrollably, pushing back to impale her pussy on his erection as her orgasm overwhelmed her. Buried to the hilt in her cunt, Danny's prick spasmed and twitched as it pumped out spurt after spurt of his thick white seed into Jessica's belly while her vaginal muscles clutched it tightly, milking him of his man-cream. He stood behind her for the next couple of minutes, breathing heavily, just letting his erection slowly soften inside her, dribbling the last remnants of his sperm into her. What in hell, Sapphire? You are incredible, he gasped finally as he slipped out of her. 
Frank certainly knows how to pick out his whores. She remained bent over for a little longer, legs spread wide as his cum oozed out of her gaping slit and ran down the inside of her still trembling thighs and onto her stockings. Eventually, her heartbeat slowed and she pushed herself upright, watching as the strip club manager zipped himself up while she searched for her discarded underwear. I really appreciate that, baby, and thank your old man for me too. He sneered derisively at her and turned to leave the office. Not wanting to be caught, Tom turned away to make his escape and head back to the bar. He'd barely taken half a dozen steps when he was grabbed by his t-shirt and pulled into a darkened room, the door closing behind him. Thanks, Danny. I'll see you downstairs in a minute, Jessica told him as she began to get dressed. Appearing in the bar a short while later, Jess looked around for her husband with a wistful expression. He was nowhere to be seen, and, as she was due to dance, she had to disappear behind the curtain to get cleaned up and changed for her last routine. This would be the very last time she appeared on stage, and Jess wanted to ensure it was special. Stripping out of the soiled garments she had on, Jess selected her costume. Clean black stockings were rolled up her legs and fastened to the clasps on the back of her suspender belt. Then she slipped on the matching bra and panties before pulling a nurse's dress over the top. Where had Tom gone? She couldn't help but wonder as she waited in the changing area. Upstairs, Tom found himself being kissed fervently, the lithe figure of Tracy pressing herself up against him. We don't have long, she whispered, her fingers scrabbling to undo his pants. And I want you in me. No, stop, Trace, I can't. Oh, fuck. He tried to push her away, even as her fingers closed around his tumescent manhood, her need clearly apparent by the way she stroked the hard length urgently. Oh, come on, Tom. She's had her fun, her mouth murmured into his as he began to return her kisses. Now it's your turn. Running his hand down her body, his fingers traced across her bare breasts before finding her shaven mound, and he realised with a shock that she was totally nude. Shit, Tracy. We... we shouldn't. Groaning softly, he caressed her wet slit as his resistance evaporated. Please, I want you in me. Guiding his dick towards her pussy, her legs parted and she leant back to rest her shoulders against the wall. It was awkward, but somehow the head of his prick slipped into her and she wrapped one leg around him, and then, with a single thrust, Tom filled her with his hard meat. Oh, yes, oh baby, take me. Clinging to him, she wrapped her arms around his neck and whimpered when he started to fuck her, lifting her off her feet with every stroke. Oh, ah, oh, oh. Grunting in time with his forceful thrusts, Tom let his desperate need for release take control of him. Pounding up into the brunette stripper, he took her callously, hammering his throbbing rod up into her wet, willing sex. Oh shit, oh shit, oh Tom, you're going to make me. The pair clung together as they went over the edge, Tom erupting into her as she came on his hard cock. Come, she moaned with delight, convulsing on his erection. Back in the dressing room, Jess checked her makeup one last time, and taking a deep breath, she listened as the DJ announced her. Gentlemen, for the last time tonight, please put your hands together for the delightful Sapphire. There was a smattering of applause and Jessica stepped through the curtains and onto the stage as her first track, Hot Stuff by Donna Summer, started to play. At first, she just stood still and while she looked for her husband, she let them look back at her. Then, one hip began pumping in time with the beat before she started to strut around the stage, bumping and grinding to the music as she slowly unzipped her dress all the way down the front. Why wasn't he here for her last routine? What was he doing? Her heart was thumping hard and she tried to put him out of her mind and focus so she could remember the moment. Cheering for more, the audience encouraged her as she slipped the dress off her shoulders, letting it pool around her feet before kicking it away to continue to dance in her underwear. 
Swaying her body erotically, Jess let her head fall back. Her long, blonde mane trailing across her shoulder blades, she ran her hands up across her stomach. Continuing onto her thin lace bra, she pinched her nipples and soon had them standing out prominently through the virtually transparent material. She could feel herself getting wetter by the second, but whether it was from her own secretions or from Danny's cum, she couldn't tell. Smiling at the crowd gathered in front of the stage, she turned around and spreading her feet apart, bent over, her hands placed on her ankles. Looking back at the audience, she smiled, knowing her thong had tightened over her wet, cum-filled slit, barely concealing her sex from their eyes. Rubbing her right hand across her right buttock, she slapped her own bum, and then, wiggling her backside invitingly, she blew the audience a kiss, before standing up again as the music switched to her second song, Don't Cha, by the Pussycat Dolls. Another glance around the audience, and there was still no sign of her husband, and again, she wondered where he was. Putting her concern to one side, she let herself get into the moment. Turning back to face everyone again, she continued to gyrate her hips, circling her head and sweeping her hair over her shoulder. Then, raising her hands up her back, she unhooked her bra and let the strap slip off her shoulders. Every single male in the audience was riveted as her top slid slowly down, her breasts coming into view, before she eventually pulled the garment away and threw it aside. Almost immediately, a tipper put a tenor on the stage and she dropped to her knees in front of him, cupping her tits and leaning forward until her chest was just inches from his face. Giving him a long close-up of her chest, Jessica rolled away and pushing up off the floor, she started to writhe sensuously to the music, her perky breasts jiggling as she danced. Stepping over her top, Jess threw her head back and cupped her firm little tits, running her palms across her engorged nipples before pulling her index finger between her lips and erotically sucking on it, causing even more yelling to erupt from the crowd. Dropping her wetted index finger onto her left nipple, she teased it gently before switching to the right. Just then, her music changed again, and her final track, Christina Aguilera's Dirty, started. Turning around again, facing away from the audience, she looked back over her shoulder, just in time to see her husband, closely followed by Tracy, reappearing. Automatically, her fingers slid into the waistband of her panties, her body still undulating to the music as she stared at them. Had her husband fucked the brunette stripper? What if he preferred her now? Pausing for a moment, she realised she was jealous. The beat of the music interrupted her thoughts, and she shimmied her thong partway down her stocking-clad thighs and spanked her right hand against her bum cheek, naughtily. Get em off! Someone at the back shouted, and she grinned, pushing her knickers down to her feet to oblige him. No sooner was she naked than an older man dropped a tenor on the stage and Jess dropped to her knees before him. You want to see my pussy? She whispered to the tipper, tearing her eyes away from her husband. He swallowed hard and nodded. Smiling, she opened her mouth and put her index finger between her lips, sucking on the digit, her eyes locked with his as she rubbed it across her nipple, making the swollen bud glisten in the dim light. The whole audience was mesmerised as she leant back onto her hands and spread her thighs apart, revealing her pink slit, still oozing with the remnants of Danny's cum. Another tenor was proffered a couple of seats along, and Jessica rolled over, taking the money before laying back and spreading her black-stockinged legs wide, her hips bucking up off the stage as she gave her new tipper an unobstructed close-up of her moist pussy. More cash appeared, and she moved again, taking the twenty that was being held out and spreading her legs for yet another guy. Gently moving her hand back and forth between her legs, her hips rocking in unison, Jess splayed herself open with her fingers, giving him a glorious view of the inside of her bare pussy. Then, extending her middle finger, she ran it up between her labia, before sitting up and placing it between his lips. Letting him suck her digit for a few moments, she pulled it free, leaving it lingering on his lips for the briefest second before getting back to her feet, just as her music ended. 
Let's hear it for the lovely Sapphire, the DJ yelled, and the crowd broke into a huge round of applause. Her chest was heaving and her pulse racing, but she'd done it, her last dance at the club. Taking a bow, Jess quickly collected up her clothing and disappeared behind the curtain to get dressed. As soon as she got into the dressing area, she spotted Tracy reapplying her makeup and went straight over to her. Did you fuck my husband? she hissed angrily. Almost disdainfully, the brunette looked up at her. Jealous? Well, you seem to be busy elsewhere. I'm just giving him what he wants, sweetheart. Jess went to respond, but the words stuck in her throat. Tracy was right. She was jealous, and she had no right to be, not after the things that she'd done. Just stay away from him. He's mine, she told her, and turned away, wondering if her husband was going to leave her now. It was almost one, so putting on her street clothes, Jess reappeared just as the security team, including Tom, were shepherding the stragglers out of the club. Now that their relationship was out in the open, there was no need for her to leave the club alone, so she took a seat and waited for her husband. You're so lucky, girl, having a husband who doesn't mind you stripping, and everything else. Tracy slipped onto a stool alongside her. I might have fucked him, but it's not me he wants. You really think so? I know so, girl, the other woman laughed. You're earning the money, and your man don't mind you getting your fun as well. Just remember, he's got needs too. Sometimes. I guess so, said Jess, slipping off her stool as Tom came back to collect her. They both said their goodbyes, and although no one else knew, they left Sin City for the last time. So, you enjoyed Danny's cock then? Tom asked her acerbically once they were outside the club. Jessica looked at her husband sharply. He made me come, if that's what you mean. It looked like more than that. Was Tracy more than a fuck then? Tom stopped and stared at her open-mouthed. Ow, how did you... Giving him a reassuring smile, she told him how she'd seen him come back with the brunette and how she'd confronted her in the changing room. And you're not mad? Jessica shook her head. Jealous, but how can I be mad at you, after the things I've done? But... She stopped and faced him. We've talked about all this, Tom. I didn't have a choice if we didn't want to tip Frank off. Just like I don't have a choice about tomorrow night. But I do. I mean, I... Well, you deserve to have some fun too, she smiled nervously at him as long as you aren't going to leave me. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, but I couldn't help it. Watching you and Danny, I felt like it was becoming a lot more than the investigation to you now. Jesus Christ, Tom, what do you expect? I've been fucked by how many men? Do you blame me if I get some pleasure from it? I guess not. I just don't want to lose you to someone else. That's not going to happen. She slipped her arms around his neck and pulled his mouth down to hers. I've told you, I love you and I always will. But Frank, you said he's amazing in bed, he argued, holding his wife against him. Yeah, and he's an arrogant prick who wants to set me up as a prostitute. And what's more, he's about to go down for ten years. Tom chuckled. Meh, true. They kissed again, tongues playing, before breaking apart and walking back to their car. How about Tracy? Do you want her now? He grinned. Nah, she's fun, but she ain't you. Right answer, she told him as she slid into the passenger's seat. Exhausted and emotionally drained, the couple fell into bed as soon as they got home, sleeping soundly through until after eleven the following morning. Jessica was awake first, but instead of getting up, she rolled onto her side and gazed at her husband. The fact that she loved him was never a doubt in her mind, but since she had started working undercover, stripping at Sin City and getting fucked by numerous guys, she worried that something had changed inside him. She didn't want to split up with Tom, she was certain of that, but did he still want her after everything she'd done? The way he had spoken to her as they left the club had made her think. Could he love her now? 
Did he really want to be with Tracy? What would she do if he left her? Tears filled the corner of her eyes as she started to imagine life without him. Hey, babe. Tom opened his eyes and smiled at her. What's up? Flinging herself on top of him, she wrapped her arms around his neck and sobbed into his shoulder. I love you, Tom. Please, don't break up with me. Don't leave me for her. Wow, Jess, who said I was going to break up with you? He held her away from him. After yesterday, I thought, what you said, and Tracy. Grinning, he pulled her against him, holding her close. I'm the one worried you'll start thinking there's someone better out there, or you'll actually fall for one of those guys. Jess shook her head, tears trickling down her cheeks. No way. I told you, I'll love you forever. Yeah, but you said the sex, especially with Frank and Byron, was amazing. It's just sex. I told you that. Outside of that, all the guys I've been with, apart from Rob, have been total assholes. And sex with me is... She giggled. Pretty awesome too. Yeah, that's what Tracy said. Pig, she said, punching his arm. With that, his mouth found hers, and they kissed. Gently at first, but with a rapidly increasing passion. Their tongues intertwined as they succumbed to their lust. Whimpering into her husband's mouth, Jess offered no resistance when he pulled her over onto her back spreading her thighs apart as he positioned his body over hers. I love you, Jess Whitby. Tom looked down into her vivid blue eyes, his hardness poised to penetrate her pussy. Wrapping her arms around his neck, Jess started to cry again. I love you so much. As she said it, Tom pushed his cock slowly into his wife, splitting her pink lips apart so they wrapped around his shaft, cushioning his thrust from the very first stroke as he buried his full length into her. Oh God, yes, yes, oh Tom love me. Their mouths met again and they kissed deeply, his ass rising and falling rhythmically between her splayed thighs as he started to fuck her. Her fingers found his hair, wrapping themselves in it and crushing her lips against his while she writhed under him. Again and again he pistoned his erection into her dripping quim, spitting her wide open and thrusting as deep as he could. Oh god, yes, 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 fuck me. Twisting her mouth away, Jess moaned out loud, her back arching up off the bed to meet her husband's prick as it was driven deeper than ever into her waiting hole. Beneath the frantically copulating couple, the bed began to creak, softly in time with Tom's thrusts, his thick, hard cock spearing her cunt again and again as they both surged towards their peak. Shit, I'm coming, I'm coming, Jess squealed as her orgasm surged through her body, Tom's shaft buried inside her, spurting his cream deep into her womb. Satisfied, they stayed in bed, holding each other for a while, neither of them speaking, as they both contemplated the evening that was to come. Eventually, they showered and dressed before forcing down some lunch, all while the spectre of Jess's upcoming night with Frank hung over them. Somehow they managed to get through until five o'clock before Jess went upstairs to take a long, hot soak. Taking her time, she thought about the night ahead as she washed her hair and then shaved her legs and her mound. She detested Frank Harwood, she was absolutely certain of that. He was arrogant, misogynistic, and a dangerous asshole who deserved to go to prison for his crimes. However, she knew the sex would be incredible, and she would enjoy more orgasms than she could count. It promised to be an evening of mixed feelings for her. She was sitting at her mirror, putting on her makeup, when Tom came through and stood in the bedroom doorway, looking thoroughly dejected. Please, don't say anything, babe. She looked at his reflection in the mirror. We've said all there is to say about this. I just want this to be over, and for us to go back to the way we were, Tom said. Jessica twisted around, putting her mascara brush down. You seriously think we can go back? Now, after everything? You mean you don't? 
She stood up and dropped her towel before picking up a pair of black stockings and rolling them up her legs. I don't know if I can. I mean, what about my having sex with Rob? Jess slipped on a tiny blue lace thong. What about it? Tom's face was a picture of misery as he watched his wife dress for Frank. Zip me up, please, she asked him, easing herself into a tight black cocktail dress and showed off most of her stocking thighs as well as the swell of her breasts. This is for him, isn't it? he asked as she put on her black stilettos. Jessica looked at her husband and tried to deny it, but he saw through her. Fine, I guess we'll have to talk when this is over. With that, he turned away and walked out of the room, leaving his heartbroken wife to finish getting ready. To be continued. Reveal all except the truth. Undercover stripper. There we are. So that's chapter nine. And there was a lot of sex in this chapter. A heavy sex chapter. (laughs) But there were also some crucial steps forward in terms of the investigation. And now Tom and Jess know exactly where Frank keeps his ledgers and also the sex tape of her and Byron. And speaking about that, I have to say that the author playing into an interracial sex fetish in this chapter felt a bit cack-handed to me. Just like with Clarice and Daryl, there were an uncomfortable number of references to Byron's skin colour. Like, we've already established that he's a black man, and we don't need to be reminded of it every time he uses a part of his body. You can just say his hands cupped Jessica's breasts. You don't have to say that they were black hands. We already know they're black because you mentioned his skin colour when you introduced him. And other details like his large, sausage-shaped fingers and thick lips, especially, felt a bit like Jim Crow-era caricatures. Also, I know every character has a big penis in this story, but it does feel like yet another worn-out racist stereotype that Byron's is the biggest one yet. I'm not going to get deep into the race issues in this chapter, but I did feel a bit disappointed by the lack of sensitivity on show, and I thought the author needed to do better. If they were trying to be progressive by having a black member of parliament in their story, then that effort was completely overshadowed by the rest of their treatment of race in the chapter. It's like the racial stereotypes that they include are the only thing about Byron's character, and you can't deny that that's offensively reductionist, if not outrightly racist. Another detail that stuck out to me as unusual, or maybe just unrealistic, was that Tom doesn't know who the potential candidates for MPs are, and being a police officer, which is a political job, I think he would be aware of those local government figures. Tom isn't just a basic bobby on the beat, he's not just out of training, he's a detective sergeant so I think he should have a better understanding of who the important people in the area are, especially those who are likely to come into office and start making policy decisions which may directly affect the police. Another moment where this chapter detached itself from reality was when Byron's cock apparently reached places never touched before while he was fucking Jess. And did it? (laughs) Because Markov and Frank both gave Jessica's cervix a pretty brutal battering, and I'm pretty sure that's the end of the line, as far as fuckable zones in the female reproductive system go. Is Byron actually penetrating the cervix? I had to do a bit of research because I was curious about the mechanics at play here, and the big takeaway is that it seems unlikely. Most of the articles and diagrams that I looked at suggest that cervix penetration is not anatomically possible, because the opening between the vagina and the uterus is far too small. Also, the positioning of that opening is not directly lined up with the opening of the vagina, so the penis would push past it rather than penetrate through it. So that leaves the question, what is this mystery zone that Byron enters that Jess had never had touched before? 
Meanwhile, my prediction for whether Tom would be able to watch Jess have sex at Frank's house was proved correct. (laughs) Of course it was. (laughs) But actually, it happened in a way that I wasn't expecting, with Frank and his cameras. That's a pretty ropey setup, isn't it? It actually reminds me of Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, taping every one of his sexual encounters and keeping them in a locked drawer, ranked in order of performance. The thing is, though, it's a double-edged sword for Tom and Jessica. If they want to use that evidence to show that Frank was going to blackmail Byron, then they also have to reveal that Jess was playing the part of a prostitute. And I doubt that would look good on the front page of Jessica's newspaper. Speaking of Jessica's newspaper, the idea that she would come back from this endeavour with a story has kind of gone out of the window a bit. We haven't heard Jess mention it for a while. So I wonder if that's still on the agenda for her. And in which case, what would she write about exactly? Part of me wonders if Frank chose Jess for the job because he had his suspicions about the couple, and he maybe thought it would be a good opportunity to kill two birds with one stone, using it to blackmail both Byron and Tom and Jess. Because I doubt either of them would want that video circulated to their friends and families, and even less their work colleagues. I think it's hardly even worth mentioning the obviously frustrating, and at this point nonsensical argument that Tom and Jess have after the sex. It just doesn't make sense, does it? I'm so bored of the pointless back and forth that I was nearly tempted to just cut that section out of the recording when I was editing, but I've talked about it enough this series that I'm sure you're also just as bored of hearing me rant about it by episode 9. So, everything I've said before, yeah, that. Another detail that I caught waggling around like a sore thumb was, why would the police have to wait until Monday morning? Do the police not work on weekends? Is there an unspoken rule that robbers don't rob and coppers don't cop outside of business hours? It's just ridiculous. Especially as in the very next sentence, Tom warns that any delay would just give Frank more time to realise he's in danger and flee the scene. Well, if that's the case, then why wait till Monday? In a high-risk situation like this, that involves widespread violent organised crime and the extortion of a senior political figure, as well as sexual exploitation of women and young girls, why would the police wait? This would be a pretty high priority, I think, and even the paperwork and authorization to get an operation together could be expedited pretty quickly. After all, it's not like Tom is going out on a limb here. He's reporting directly to the detective chief inspector, and so they should be able to respond pretty quickly. I think this is a totally author-manufactured delay, so that we're guaranteed another sex scene where Jess has to have sex with Frank, because we didn't get any real reason why it has to be on Monday. And again, it was annoying that we were excluded from the meeting at the police station. We've got no idea how that meeting went, or whether there were any awkward questions for Tom on how he got the information about Frank. And it's a shame, because it's an interesting side of the story, which could have provided a lot of drama, and really up the stakes for the couple. I think a big part of the cuckold fetish in this story is about Tom feeling a sense of humiliation or shame about what he's doing, and in the police station, with his boss demanding answers, that would have been a perfect place to explore those feelings and get more into the mindset of what Tom's fantasy is, which so far I think has been a bit neglected. Also, does Jess really have to have sex with Danny Brooks to keep the investigation under wraps? Even the story itself seems a bit confused about whether it's necessary or not. On one hand, Jess says she doesn't have a choice, and then when Tom disagrees, he relents without much of a fuss because he knew she was right. (laughs) Tom seems to know Jess is right quite a lot in this story, doesn't he? But then, even Jess herself starts to wonder if she needs to go through with it. So, what's the conclusion? I think the determining factor here is less that there's any narrative reasoning which forces Jess to have sex with Danny, and more that the author just wants to cram in another sex scene. And this time, it really does feel a bit forced. 
At this point, the couple are both saying that they don't want it to happen. Why couldn't Jess just make up an excuse? Jess gave Markov an excuse which brought her a few days back in, what, chapter 3 or 4? So why can't she do the same thing here? Why doesn't she tell Danny that she's sore from having sex with Frank's special guest yesterday? Even if Danny does decide to report her unwillingness to his boss, which I think is unlikely, then it's a cover story which Frank would easily believe. I think the author wanted a sex scene with Danny here so that Tom had an excuse to sleep with Tracy, something which they've been foreshadowing for a long time, and they're running out of chapters to include in. Now that I've critiqued the author and their story, I feel like I have to critique myself a little bit and apologise for the shaky accents on both Danny and Tracy. I think I was overambitious with their character voices when they first appeared, and it's really coming back to bite me in the butt in this chapter. I need to do some work on my accents before the next series, and maybe just be a little bit less ambitious with the ones that I choose. I hope it didn't ruin the story for you, (laughs) to have the accents wavering all over the place. Coming back to the story, I thought it was interesting that we did get the announcer and the song choice for Jessica's last striptease, and I think that confirms my theory last week that the inclusion of the announcer's dialogue and the name of the songs is about building up tension and upping the immersion for the audience when it's a big moment. Just as the first strip teasers were big moments, the last one too is given the full announcer and song treatment to really transport the reader into that scene, and I think it's a smart thing for the author to have done. So music-wise, this time we had Hot Stuff by Donna Summer, a classic sexy song, which I remember innocently thrusting around to at a school disco when I was probably about six years old. Then we had some Pussycat Dolls, which I vaguely remember from secondary school, but by that time I wasn't really into that kind of music. Having said that though, it did stick out to me at the time, because I always thought it was a funny choice of lyrics. Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? Which I misunderstood to mean, like a freak show freak with a unibrow or enormous beaver teeth. Some kind of horrible, disfiguring mutation. And I totally missed the point. I think at that time too, I'd probably never had a girlfriend yet. So I was also kind of confused and thinking that I'd have gladly settled for one who wasn't a freak. If that's what the Pussycat Dolls were saying was in low demand. The final song was Dirty by Christina Aguilera, which I remember mostly for the video, which was pretty obscene for the time, and in the days before easy access to internet porn was firmly in the wank bank of every 11-17 to year old boy who had access to MTV. If you haven't seen it, it's basically four and a half minutes of sexy girls in bikinis dancing provocatively, getting sweaty, and then eventually fighting each other in a boxing ring before cooling off in a communal shower. For the time, it was pretty racy. There was, of course, more tedious emotional nonsense between Tom and Jess after they left the club, and the only bit that really stuck out to me was that Tom had sex with Jess while she was still crying, which doesn't seem like a sexy moment to thrust into somebody, even if they are tears of relief. I think just maybe wait a second and check she's alright before you plough on in there, buddy. It's just good manners. That sex scene, though, was very cut and paste, I thought, and if I have to hear about a kiss starting gently at first and then increasing in passion, using those exact same words again, the same ones we've had in more than 50% of the chapters so far, I think I'm going to lose my mind. There's so many little moments like this which feels like the author is inserting from a collection of commonly used phrases, and it really robs the scenes of their emotional meaning, because you're aware as you're reading that this is a carbon copy of something which has happened many times before. It completely sucks the magic out of the sex, and it gives it a repetitive, mechanical feel, like even the author is bored of describing the sex at this point. I guess writing about sex is a bit like having it in real life. If you do all the exact same moves in the exact same way every time, then no matter how good the first time was, you're going to start getting fed up after a while. 
Maybe before next chapter, I'll create a bingo card for the commonly used words and phrases, and we can see how many of them get ticked off by the end of the story. I'll put that bingo card on the Patreon page for you to find. I'll leave it there free of charge. There's a link in the description, and you can play along as you're listening next week. That might be a way to restore some of the joy to the sex scenes in this story, and you can even turn it into a drinking game if you're that way inclined. Overall, was it a good chapter? I think it was fine, and, I mean, compared to a lot of the stories out there, this one is one of the better ones, but I think by chapter 9 in this series, I'm finding myself getting more and more fed up, and having less patience for the little annoying things that there are. So let's raise the tone a bit and see what our commenters had to say. They're usually a pretty positive bunch. Maybe they can redeem things a little bit. There's only four of them this time, so less people with something to say. Maybe that's a sign. But we'll start with one from Venus underscore Can, who says, eagerly waiting for the next chapter. Our second comment comes from Phaserboy1, who says, Another great chapter. Really looking forward to the next chapter to see if their marriage will survive. <laughs> That's the big thing for Phaserboy1. That's what he's really, like, looking for in this story. What he really watches out for. Just to see if their marriage will survive. He's convinced that it won't. <laughs> And I'm not so sure. I think it'll be fine. I think they'll work it out in the end. Wiz1002, another of the usual suspects in this comment section, says, I love reading each chapter, full of lust and raw emotional fucking. I want to know how this ends and whether they can go back to normal, which I doubt, as I expect Rob or another will always be part of their ongoing relationship. Yeah, maybe that's a better way to talk about their marriage surviving. Maybe it won't survive in the way that it's always been. Maybe it'll morph into something new and there'll be, yeah, like after COVID, a new normal. <laughs> Our final comment from Quir12, who says, Fucking awesome! Another awesome chapter with drama and emotions and a lot of fun sexual exploits. Just a lot of fun to read and hoping for many, many more chapters and adventures for this couple. They are a fun and interesting couple. Keep them rocking and fucking long. <laughs> That's a nice variation on Rocket On. Great storytelling and five stars for the entertainment. You have a bunch of ways to take the fun-loving couple forward. Cheers. Always great to hear from Quir12 and the gang. Good to see some people really enjoying this story. And if you're one of those people who's really enjoying it, I want to invite you to head over to literotica.com and search for the author of this story. They're called UK underscore writer underscore 53. They've got a whole bunch of stories on their profile. And actually, I said it had gone down by a couple of stories last week. Maybe a few of those were just being tinkered with because it's back up to 134 submissions this week. If you do check them out, then remember to like and subscribe and comment on their stories. Give them a rating out of five. Be generous. I've had a bit of a whinge at them in this chapter, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate the hard work that's gone into producing these stories just out of the goodness of their hearts for other people to enjoy. So thanks for writing this UK underscore writer underscore 53. I'm excited to see what happens in the conclusion next week. If you're enjoying this podcast, then thanks for listening to it. Please like and subscribe, leave the podcast a rating, maybe write a short review. But if you really want to support the podcast, then there's two great ways to do that. The first is by telling somebody you know in your real life. That's the best way to spread this podcast to grow its audience, by word of mouth recommendations. So if there's somebody you know who you think might enjoy this, don't be shy. Give them the gift of an enthusiastic recommendation. The other way you can support this podcast is via the Patreon page. Remember, you can head over there to get a free bingo card for the next episode. <laughs> I wonder if that will take off. It seems like a good idea right now, but you know. <laughs>
While you're over there, if you have the money and you'd like to support the podcast financially, then just £5 can help to pay for things like the audio equipment, it can help to justify the time that I spend to put out an episode every week, and I would really appreciate your subscription. There's a link in the description to this podcast, which will take you straight to the Patreon homepage. I'll be back next week with the final chapter of Undercover Stripper, chapter 10. Very exciting stuff. But until then, I hope you have a great week, keep yourself sexy, and even if you don't feel sexy, know that you are. Keep it rocking on, and goodbye. Reveal all except the truth Undercover stripper Take off your clothes and move your body to distract the eye. Nobody knows that underneath you're an undercover spy. Reveal all except the truth. Undercover stripper. Never tell them that you're a Gurgling, she has. <laughs> she swallowed half her husband's length. Gurgling on it.